Welcome back to All That and More, a podcast from the Regional Municipality of Wood Buffalo. My name is Jillian McDonald. In this episode, I take a back seat from hosting duties and welcome my colleague Greg Bennett into the studio. Follow him as he shares stories of his drive north on the winter road to the communities of Fort Chippewan and Fort Fitzgerald. The Fort Chippewan Winter Road is a lifeline built every winter through the boreal forest connecting Fort McMurray, Southernwood Buffalo region, and the rest of Alberta with the northern hamlets of Fort Chippewan and Fort Fitzgerald. Every November, crews build the road through trees and bush, over frozen muskeg and across rivers of ice, all the way to the Peace, Athabasca, River Delta, and beyond. And once the road is safely opened, people start making the long journey north, followed by trucks carrying fuel and cargo. This year, our team of municipal staff from RMWB Communications and Indigenous and Rural Relations traveled up the road to experience that journey for themselves. My name is Greg Bennett and I'm a part of the team that made that journey. Today, we will take you hundreds of kilometers north to the very edge of Alberta and into two beautiful northern communities. We humbly acknowledge that all that and more is recorded on Treaty 8 territory the traditional lands of the Cree, Dene, and unceded territory of the Métis. So here we are, we've started our drive north along 63. Um, We've crossed onto the winter road to Fort Chippewan officially. Here I have Allison Flett with me. Today we've got a beautiful drive north to the community of Fort Chippewan and I'm so happy to be joined by Allison. Good morning, Allison. Morning, Megan. I'm so happy to be on the road to my hometown. This is my favorite drive of all drives is the winter road because it's always so exciting to get to go home and see everybody that you haven't seen for a while, bring some treats and make some people happy. Every winter, family and friends on both ends of the winter road eagerly await its opening. Crews need consistent cold temperatures and adequate snowfall to build the route and continue improving and maintaining it throughout the season. As the ice thickens, the road can bear heavier and heavier loads. It's a scenic drive taking us over forested hills and across many creeks and rivers. Comparing this to Highway 63, I would say I would choose this drive any day over 63. What I'm loving the most is just how you know, every corner you go around, there's something different to see. There's different trees. Um, We've just come into a spot now with some really beautiful willow reeds and some tall grasses. So lots of different things to see. Um, So Alison, before we talk more about the road, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what it was like growing up in Fort Chippewan and and Fort Smith. Fort Chip, (laughs) I would definitely not trade it for anything growing up in Fort Chip. I think it really made me into the person that I am today. We had such a strong sense of kinship in our community and our family was so big. I had so many cousins that like every day was an adventure. We would go picking berries and it was like from the time you got up in the morning till it was like nine at night. So like everything we did you did with family. Whether it's people traveling to see family, fuel trucks, delivering diesel, or maintenance equipment making the rounds, you do pass traffic on the winter road. At the wide frozen river crossings, sometimes we had to wait our turn as a truck 
or SUV crossed from the opposite riverbank. This is so interesting. Warning, maximum one truck on ice. So how, how does this work? So if you see a truck at the other end, you pretty much wait for them to come yeah. across? Yeah, it's like winter road etiquette. So oh, here we go. Oh, here, here one's coming, yeah. As we approach Fort Chippewan, the Muskeg gives away to River Delta, and the road winds through tall grasses, reeds, and muskrat lodges. Islands rise high out of the ice, with trees rooted in the colorful rock of the Canadian Shield. The cattails that we see on the side of the winter road there, in the reed of that, it's medicine. They used to use it for um, toothaches, because it would numb your gums and that so it was very helpful back in the day yeah and then you see how there's not much snow so the road is getting rougher yes you see the grass sticking out yeah. normally they have it packed with snow so the road will last a little bit longer so i guess the more snow the longer the road is open yeah i guess too uh, the temperatures can make a big difference yeah the smoother the ride after traveling more than 150 kilometers, we finally reached Fort Chippewan. The hamlet sits on the rocky shore in the southwestern corner of Lake Athabasca. The community is the oldest settlement in Alberta, more than 200 years old. It's home to the Athabasca Chippewan First Nation, Miccosu Cree First Nation, and Fort Chippewan Métis. Longtime residents, Robert and Barbara Grandjam, run a traditional dog mushing business in Fort Chippewan, taking tourists and rides through their trails. We spoke to Robert about their business and their community. Fort Chippewan is a very, very beautiful community. It's, it's everything is so plentiful. We're so lucky to live here. You know, we put a net in water, we get fish, we can go in a park and hunt animals, and and there's ptarmigan and chickens and grouse. And we're, it's quite a nice place to yeah. live. People say it's expensive, but I think you have to plan your life. Apart from paying the bills, Robert and Barbara's business has an important role in keeping old traditions alive. We chose to run uh, the dog team in a single line with uh, a toboggan. And the reason we chose to do that is because it's traditional. The Cree people have always, and the Dene people too, have always used uh, dog teams with, with, uh, with toboggans uh, because of the, uh, the ease of going through woods and stuff. We don't have to cut wide trails and stuff, so the mm -hmm. dog team was really good. The Grand Gems helped make the mushing experience even more special with the colorful traditional dog blankets, hand-embroidered with flowers and designs. Traveling over the white snow and ice of their trail, their mushing team is a colorful expression of this traditional form of winter travel. I, uh, I go beyond uh, most dog mushers. <laughs> most dog mushers put a harness in the dog and you go. I go way beyond that because I, uh, we feel, my wife and I feel, that it's a really, really special event for somebody to come from. We've had people from Ch uh, Japan and China. So you know, when they come here and never seen that, well, if we have to make it as special as we can. The Grand Jams keep their tourism-driven business going year-round, mushing in the winter and offering boat tours in the summer. One of their costs is the grocery bill, which can be expensive in Fort Chippewan. Many families use the winter road to travel south to Fort McMurray to buy food and other supplies at cheaper prices. Barbara and I, quite, uh, we've learned to adapt to the community by going and twice a year we'll go out on the winter road and go buy five or $10,000 worth of groceries, and that does this till next year. But Grand Jam says their habits have changed in recent years, thanks to the opening of a new grocery store in Fort Chippewan. The Kai Tally Market is owned and operated by the Athabasca Chippewan First Nation. The market, which opened in 2018, is helping to address food insecurity and has made food more affordable. 
That's because healthy food items are subsidized by ACFN and the Federal Nutrition North Program. Residents no longer have the same pressure to travel south to buy groceries. We don't have to do that anymore. It's not worth our time. We're wasting money if we don't buy it because we can get it just as cheap at the local store. After leaving Fort Chippewan, we drove more than 170 kilometers north towards the tiny hamlet of Fort Fitzgerald. As we traveled through the snow-covered forests of Wood Buffalo National Park, we stayed on the lookout for herds of wood bison. The hamlet is a scattered collection of homes and buildings on the banks of the Slave River. The most northern community in the regional municipality of Wood Buffalo, there are very few services here other than electricity. It was once the major portage point for traders seeking to bypass the dangerous rapids of the Slave River and reach Fort Smith, 25 kilometers further north and across the border with the Northwest Territories. The 2021 municipal census counted six residents living in Fort Fitzgerald, though the population was once larger. We were guests at the community hall of the Smith's Landing First Nation and of Chief Dadeen Paulette, who met and spoke with us there. At the community hall, we also interviewed longtime resident Bev Tupper and her partner, John Tobin. So you mentioned when you first came here, it was 1990, 1991. Can you describe what Fort Fitz was like at that time? At the time I moved here, um, there were probably about 30 people or so living here. There weren't very many people, but there were families living here with uh, small children. Um, and over the years, with land claims taking place and, and uh, people moving to Fort Smith, that the population has dropped off quite a bit. There are still a few people who do a little bit of trapping, but you can't live off trapping anymore. The price of furs is so low and the cost of getting out in the bush is so high, so people don't necessarily trap for a living anymore. So most of us, well, are retired now, John. We're gardeners still, but uh, retired from our profession. What makes this a great place to do gardening and those kinds of things that you love to do? It's always been a good place for agriculture. I mean, as long as people have been farmers have been settling here, it's been a good place for agriculture. Uh, the whole Fort Smith uh, Fitz area was once considered sort of the breadbasket of the Northwest Territories because food was grown here and shipped further north on the river to, to uh, communities along the river. Um, so it's good as far as that's concerned. The soil is good. We have great access to water. We've got a south-facing property, so there's lots of good sunshine. Although, although the season is short, the days are very long. So we're, we managed to grow quite a few crops in, you know, that you wouldn't, you'd be surprised in, uh, in our garden. John, John's gotten quite good at growing garlic, which is one of our, one of our popular products, and carrots are another popular product, but we grow just about everything. Beverly said she would never want to leave Fort Fitzgerald, but if someone did want to move there, they would have to enjoy life in the bush. It's a lot of physical work. You have to be in shape and you have to be prepared to be spend time alone, you know? I mean, if you can't spend time alone and entertain yourself, you're going to go crazy up here in the bush. But uh, certainly it's a beautiful, beautiful place. If you love nature, this is the place to be. After saying our goodbyes, we continued on the last leg of our journey across the Northwest Territory's border into Fort Smith. There, we visited the Northern Life Museum to learn more about the history of the area and the people who call it home. Before turning back south the next day, we filled up with coffee at the Fort Smith Tim Hortons. 
And soon, after getting back on the road south, we found hoof prints and frozen dung patties, traces of where a herd of wood bison had bedded down for the night. With beautiful sunlight lighting our way on a clear day's drive, we were grateful for all the generous hospitality we had been shown and for the staff and crews who worked so hard to build and maintain the winter road. We hope to journey north again soon. Thank you, Greg, for sharing your journey on the winter road with us. And a huge thank you to everyone who welcomed us into their community. Join us next time for more exciting stories from the regional municipality of Wood Buffalo. Hey!